Bam 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. I'm Misty Stinnett. Oh, I'm Lisa Linky. Oh, she's, we're awake, we're on it. I didn't know if you were going to say my name. (laughs) Say my name, say my name. That is Lisa Linky. That is Misty Stinnett sitting across from me. And this is a podcast where we (laughs) review a popular self-help book, uh... We say each episode, every other episode, uh-huh. and we talk about how we feel about it. If you like what you hear, go buy the book and enjoy it. Support the author. Cha-ching. Get that rich context that we're unable to provide in one hour. And if you don't, who cares? Yeah. Live your life to the best of your ability. Yeah. The point is we're reading the book so that you can go on enjoying your busy life while still getting the perspective-altering self-help advice that's going to be the small beacon of light in the vast darkness that is the modern world. Whoa. That You're is, welcome. That's a that's a big promise. It's a big promise, but like, uh, uh, what did I hear a quote recently that was like, life runs on hope? Oh, does it? I run on spite and sugar. Yeah, and that also feels right. I'm like <laughs> caffeine and five hours of sleep. And hope. And hope. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Lisa. Yeah. Also, you... we cuss. Oh, we do cuss. That's why there's a little explicit E. So if you've got, uh, next to the episode, if you've got little kids in the car. Fuck it. Fucking turned well, it welcome, welcome to Cussing Kids. Hello. Um, it's, I bet, I bet you we have made a few kids cuss. Um, which there's I nothing hear, cuter than a kid who's like, shit. When my little sister, Jennifer, uh, first heard curse words, you're not, my dad was like, we can't acknowledge it or it's going to make it worse. We can't tell her not to say those words. So she just sat in the backseat. It's like a four-year-old just being like, shit, fuck, fuck. So you had to not laugh. It was you really have to hard. not laugh, and they're just—I yeah. mean—it's just exploring mouth sounds. Um, one of my favorites is the Fantastic Mr. Fox, and they all instead of saying a curse word, they say "cuss." They're oh, like, what the cuss are you doing here? What the cuss are you doing here? I always loved Battlestar Galactica, who and, said "frack." Oh, they're like, "What the frack is going on?" And you're like, "I'm here for it." Wait, old school Battlestar or like new school? Uh, uh, it's now sort of old school. It's new school. It's the second Netflix. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Or it was, no, it was on uh, sci-fi? Sci-fi, was maybe. On? Yeah. Sci-fi. It was so good. I know the old school Battle Star Galactica where they had the robot dog. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, okay. the one created by Ronald D. Moore. So before uh, we actually dive into the book. Oh, yeah. We have some important announcements. Ding, 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 bling. So we've got something pretty fun coming up for the holidays. Yeah. So we know everybody's traveling. And they're busy. They're you don't got time for pop- yeah, and it's, you know, trying to consume like an hour-long podcast in the middle of like a busy another thing on your schedule. to-do list, and you don't want to do that. Or maybe you're like shopping in Target and you're avoiding all the, the din. And, that, and yeah. for that, I say go back and revi- revisit or review an episode you oh, didn't get. an episode get. that you haven't listened to or yet. one you actually love or want to revisit. Well, so and Lisa's drunk. <laughs> I so. don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That was a hiccup. Um, thank you. So we were brainstorming. How can we still be of service? Yes. How can we still Because you know that's Misty's love language. Acts of service, baby. Yeah. I just, she wants I, to love you. I do love you. Yes. And that's why I'm in this recording studio yes. every other day. Okay. Reading, writing notes. Oh, I'm wow. Here. 
for you. Okay. So we were like, what can we do? What can we do that is fun? Yep. Effective, yes. Quick, stress relieving. Uh, so we have come up with some really fun, short and sweet holiday episodes. Yes. To lead us through the rest of the holidays. Yeah. Um, as we're all traveling, it's cold weather, etc. These are things. These are going to be things that you can sneak away and listen to, and like. Five to 15 minutes. Or maybe you're on the plane and you need to just de-stress. Yeah. Yeah. So these are sort of, we're hoping, or will be the comedic relief in mm-hmm. the stress that is the holidays. And some of them aren't so comedic. Yeah. Uh, our genuine stress relief. Our genuine stress relief. So keep a lookout for those. They're going to be shorter and sweeter. And then uh, after this episode, this will be our last full book of the year. Holy shit. Which is amazing. I mean, we made it through. This is, this is Book 50 of this year. Book Is it book 50? 50? Well, it's episode 50. It's we've episode had some 50. doubles. So we've had some doubles and we have had a couple of articles. Yeah. So it's probably book 45 wow. or 44. But it's that book, ain't bad. It's book 19. That's Look, nothing. Guys, we're doing the best we can. It's book three. We just keep releasing the same episode. <laughs> so this is our super long intro. Anyway, keep a lookout for those holiday episodes. Yeah. And then in the new year, we're right back at it with we got some, some really exciting books got coming. some doozies. I'm not waiting to share them with you. Um, okay, let's dive in. Lisa, what do you have for us? Hey, folks. I'm very excited for you because I have. Light is the New Black, A Guide to Awakening Your Soul's Callings and Working Your Light by Rebecca Campbell. Okay, this sounds like a woo-woo. You're not wrong. Pat, a woo-woo, Wendy. It's a woo-woo. It's, uh, I got what a new one. a W gender I got a new one. Name. It's a New Age Nan. <laughs> no, New Age Nat. New Age Nat. <laughs> new Age Nat. Uh-huh. Thank so you. So this is from 2015. Great. The paperback is 1529. The Kindle is 999. The Audible is 899. Mm-hmm. Narrated by Rebecca Campbell. It's 320 pages. Um, here's the cover. Okay. Oh, it's very pretty. Mm-hmm. It looks like an oh, hit my mic. It looks like an Instagram post. So it's got sort of a faded triangle and it she looks loves like sort a triangle. of lens flares. Um, and it's got nice light. It looks very fluttery. Lighting. Yeah. Like purpley and like pastel. It looks like when uh, on a movie screen, they're close up on Christmas lights and then they sort of blur out, like zoom mm-hmm. out. That's mm-hmm. what it looks like. You're exactly right. Um, okay. About the author. There's nothing on Wikipedia about Rebecca Campbell. So this is from RebeccaCampbell.me. I feel suspicious. Well, she's kind of new to the new age scene. Oh, she's new, new age. She's, she's post new age. She's new, new. Neo new age. Rebecca Campbell is a writer and devotional artist who leads activating workshops internationally, giving people an experience of their soul. Okay. Nope. I got to stop. <laughs> and that's been go help yourself. Okay. I, that, those are words that you said in a sentence. They, what does that mean? She is a what artist? I just want to say that over the course of 50 episodes, we have really transformed. <laughs> And that I have just accepted the fact that New Age exists. It's a thing. And Misty is like, stop, hold on. What are these words? She she is a transformational artist who gives people experiences. She's a writer and devotional artist. Oh, okay. Sure. Everyone. People write devotions. You know devotions. Like devotions. Well, there are entire books where it's like daily devotions. Is that different than affirmations? A little, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but kind Uh, of not. Okay. 
She is the best-selling author of numerous books and oracle decks, including (laughs) Light is the New Black and Work Your Light Oracle, and the creator of the Rise Sister Rise membership and the online courses Work Your Light and Discover Your Cosmic Blueprint. Okay. Through all of Rebecca's creations, she encourages people all over the world to spend more time with their soul. Rebecca experienced her first awakening as a young teenager and has been studying the intuitive mystic arts ever since. When she was 18, she answered an inner call to go on a solo pilgrimage to initiate herself in the sacred rites of the UK and Ireland. Her work is connected to lineages she has studied and trained in, including Mother God, the Avalonian and Magdalene Priestess Paths, Bhakti Yoga, and Shamanism. I wish you could see Misty's eyes. They were super wide, and then they squinted. I'm trying to take it all in. I'm glad. Is anyone else absorbing this information? Mm -hmm. Her work is activating and initiatory. Yes, of course. Renowned for feminine leadership, devotion, and spiritual service, Rebecca has been recognized as one of the top 100 women of spirit by the Brahma Kumaris. I don't know what that is. Rebecca's qualifications include sixth sensory teacher, bhakti kirtan yoga teacher, shamanic energy medicine coach, and BA in communications. Oh. She has been... (laughs) (laughs) And and yet, I'm not understanding anything she's communicating yet. It's too soon. (laughs) She has been featured in Vogue, Stylist, Red, Clio, and the Style Column of the Sunday Times. Prior to writing books, Rebecca forged a successful career as an award-winning creative director where she worked for some of the world's top advertising agencies in London and Sydney to help some of the world's biggest brands find their authentic voices. So her online subscribers total over 100,000. Same. Thank you. And the website is lovely. It's beautiful. It's like pink and flowery like out and of a rosy. Pinterest kind of. Board. There are video links to her YouTube series and lots of gorgeous pics with flowers and writing and quotes from the book. And it feels very pretty. Great. So the book is organized into five parts. Part one, losing everything, finding me. No comma in there. Losing everything, finding me. Part two, turn your light on. Misty's face. Part three, work your light. Part four, living in the light. And part five, be the light. Okay. I am the light. Be okay. the light. In the introduction, it, here's the little heads up. Um, she says, moving out of patriarchy is not about the feminine ruling over the masculine, rather a more balanced state of being where we embrace the authenticity of who we are and realize that we are all connected and part of a larger whole. The rising feminine can be found in both men and women. Therefore, when I mention she or sister, I'm speaking to the compassionate, protective, intuitive, and conscious feminine that is rapidly awakening and inviting that part of us to rise up. So that I have a tiny framework going Mm -hmm. into this. Mm -hmm. So what is this book about? Embracing your authentic self? Your inner soul? So she is what she calls a light worker. And a light worker is somebody who is connecting to their soul for like, and I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. Um, and I'll talk about it specifically later. I, yeah, I'm sure you'll cover it. I just, I, have, yeah. I feel a little lost. Well, I've got to be honest with you. You're not wrong. Okay. Um, this book is made up of five parts and then each part has multiple chapters. And sometimes a chapter is a page okay, or like a page and a half with like a a phrase that takes up one whole page. But there's no sort of thesis statement in the introduction of, I wrote this book to help people blah, 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 Um, or blank. Let's see. Uh, No. 
She just starts she's basically writing. like waking. It's it's basically like getting in touch with your soul and your your calling of your soul. What is and the your calling intuition. of your soul? Not so much Maybe. your intuition, but just kind of like what she's like. I pray that you discover the authentic gift to the world that you already are and choose to serve the world by being you. Okay. Okay. Um, so like, there's a lot of these quotes. The world will be saved by the Western woman. That's from the Dalai Lama. To which I said, have you seen all these white women who are ruining everything? Yeah, they really um, are. So, okay. So, so she's really into feminine, the feminine, the yin, right? Ying. Sure. Okay, but it, so which, I'm I'm level setting by saying that it's not about just women; it's about this feminine balance of got ourselves. It. Got it. And so she's coming from a framework of there's a dichotomous energy, masculine, feminine. Yeah, she really okay. only talks about that at the top, just to kind of level set, and then right. it's really about. I think her book is mostly directed towards women or people who feel, um, or I. Or want to get in touch with that feminine, feminine side. side. I mean, I will say the marketing is definitely from her own experience, which was I felt unfulfilled. Yes. I I wouldn't say that it's not for men or non-binary, but I would say that it's definitely like a – it feels like a Rachel Hollis mid-level marketing kind of like – Got it. It's for women who are doing a side gig kind of thing. Okay. That's the feel. Okay. 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 So it's about embracing – your soul's calling. Yes. Part right. one, losing everything, finding me. Again, no comma. I would have appreciated a losing, losing everything, everything, finding me, comma, finding me. Yes. So this section, it sets the scenes for her big transition from her old life to her new. Okay. Um, while she felt like her soul was always calling her, she'll be like, I always felt like a spiritual person and that she had a deeper purpose. She ignored the call for a long time. Okay. And her relationship was ending. She wasn't happy in her job and it's difficult workload and schedule being a creative director. And then her friend died and she says she cracked open. Oh. So one night after her pipes burst in her apartment in London and she felt she was at rock bottom. She's from Australia, but she was living and working in London. Okay. She was on her knees begging God to help her, and she was basically giving up. And she was just like, why me, God? Fuck you, God. What the fuck is happening? Mm. And she says she heard the words in her soul, go to Chicago. And oh. she had no idea what that meant. Had she ever been to Chicago? Well, not really. And so she oh. knew, only knew one person who was there, and it was a teacher she'd been studying with. Um, and she'd been kind of hiding and like hiding away her spirituality t study from everybody. Okay. Um, and so she emailed that teacher's assistant and that t assistant emailed back and said, there's a training that's not public, but there's one spot left and you can have it. And she was like, I'll take it. And then she was like, how am I going to pay to go there? And how am mm. I going to get time off work? Mm. Um, then the landlord told her that he needed her to get out of the apartment to fix the pipes and covered her rent which oh. was the price of airfare and the training and the and the hotel that she could stay at. She's like, so I made him pay for the hotel in Chicago. Amazing. And so she told work that she needed time off. And so she went. She's like, the universe provided. Um, and while there, she listened to a song that a guy was playing that made her weep like a lot. Mm. And she said she realized how much wasted effort she'd spent trying to keep it all together and control and force her life. And this is a quote. In that short moment, I touched a space within me that can only be described as grace. I surrendered. I touched God, or rather, I received God to touching me. I came home. I realized that while I felt separate, I was actually part of a greater whole or oneness and thus never really separate or alone. I realized the only person I felt unsupported I realized the only reason I felt unsupported was because I wasn't supporting myself. The only reason I felt alone was because I had ignored the callings of my soul. And for the first time, I was able to see beyond the devastation and truly feel the bountiful light of grace. 
Um, That's all I want. Okay. Well, to have you can that, listen to the song on the website. Well, and a lot of people who do <laughs> mushrooms are like, I finally understood that I was part of one whole. I mean, Elizabeth Gilbert experienced that. Um, in her ashram in India wow, for meditating. Cool. And then she was taught this type of meditation called sourcing. And then she tells this story about how she met this woman when she was only 14. Rebecca was 14, who was very important to her and was like 25 years older and like helped her spiritual awakening. And she would go with her when she traveled internationally to give lectures because she mm-hmm. was a spiritual whatever. And then she jumps to 2012 when she on a, on a silent retreat and she d- asked God again, like, why me? Why have all these things happened to me? And she felt a response. These things didn't happen to you. They happened for you. Mm. And then she started writing this book the next day. I like that perspective. Great. Things don't happen to you. They happen for you. Yeah. I mean, listen, she comes from a privileged place. Yes. She's educated. She grew up wealthy in Sydney. Yes. She's able to afford to move to another continent yes. to take a job as a creative director. Yes. Yeah. Part two, turn your light on. This section is all of... Mm-hmm. Oh, I just did a gesture of oh, turning sorry. my light on. Oh, it's Those brighter in here. It on. Thank you. It's a That's flick. That's it. Next flick. chapter. Uh, this section is all about discovering why you are here and what your soul wants to share with the world. So she introduces the concept of a light worker, and there are lots of exercises in these chapters. So some pages are just one single phrase. Okay. And there are these, quote, work your light exercises at the end of some chapters, which ask questions or give you a short exercise to do. Well, what is a light worker? So here we go. From the chapter, you're here for a reason. FYI, there's like... <clears throat> 70 chapters in this book. You are here to remind people that it is okay to be whole. It is okay to shine your light. Okay to be unapologetically you. In fact, it's more than okay. It's necessary in order to thrive. But you must go first. The sooner you step up into the greater, most authentic version of you, the sooner your fears will dissipate, the sooner your concerns will begin to fade, the sooner life will bend towards you. The more you will flow with life. You are already whole and complete. Why do you resist what you are? The more you lean into yourself and spend your time being rather than doing in order to be, the sooner you can be supported beyond your wildest dreams, and you will be supported. I do need to note that there's a lot of pull from The Secret, mm-hmm. but I would call this like secret adjacent. Okay. So she talks about how she read The Secret and was intrigued, but there is more spirituality here okay. than in The Secret. The Secret feels like wanting, and this feels like being. Does that make sense? Sort of. The secret feels like I want this thing and I have to have thoughts about it to get it. Yes. And this feels like I have a purpose and uh, I need to live in that purpose it's a in order less to material. receive. Yeah, it is. That's that's nice. And also, it sounds like she, before you can even buy into this, you have to already buy into there is some sort of pattern meaning of life, yeah. divine design, 100%. that sort of thing. So if if you don't believe that, this book might be 100%. tough for you. From the chapter, You Are Light, your body is light too. Every cell in your body emits light every single second. Your unique consciousness emits biophotons with every thought. No matter which- I love science. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's true. No matter which way you look at it, you are made of light. You are light. From the chapter, What the What is a Light Worker? Okay. A light worker is anyone who devotes their life to bringing to being a bright light in the world. Okay. They understand that their actions, no matter how big or small, have the potential to raise the vibration of the planet. Which is to say, positivity 
Yeah. Does she explicitly say that? Here we go. A light worker soul is awake, <laughs> conscious that their presence matters, and that they're a part of something that is bigger than them. Light workers are not just tie-dye wearing hippies and healers with dreads. Far from it. They are teachers and chefs, writers and singers, producers and cleaners, mothers and mediums, creative directors and caftan designers. They're at the country club and the nightclub, in the cafe and the classroom, the boardroom and the art room. Hmm. A light worker is someone who makes a conscious decision to answer the call of source, parentheses light, over the call of ego, parentheses fear. Okay. So I think her premise is that we can all live a more authentic life by answering the call of our soul as to what what we want to be and do in this world. Right. As opposed to, I'm afraid, so I'm going to live out of fear. This is, it's reminiscent of A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, who talks a lot about who you really are versus when your ego gets in the way. This is the only time she talks about ego. Okay. So it's a little like that, but yeah. more about But like, that concept feels similar. It's more New Age adjacent. Okay. Yeah. Um, from the chapter, Your Soul Purpose, S-O-U-L, Purpose. Great. She says, your soul purpose comes down to two things. One, be the light. To be the light, you need to follow the things that light you up so you can show up in life and be filled up and whole. You don't need a special job to be the light. In fact, you don't need any job at all. You can be the light in the grocery store. You can be the light while cooking dinner. You can be the light on the world's most boring conference. I don't like going to the grocery store or cooking dinner. Or going to conferences. But you can be the light while you're at But I can be the light while I'm there, as long as I follow my joy. Two, the second uh, purpose for your soul, be authentically you. There is no perfect path, only a perfectly authentic you, full of contradictions, uniquenesses, and, nope, uniqueness and gifts. I like that. The contradiction part. uh That's a nice caveat. It is your you-ness that allows you to truly light up the world with your presence. Your you-ness is lifetimes in the making. I should note that every time she writes the word you, it's capitalized. It is your flaws, your quirks, your weirdness, your ancestral history, your gifts, your humor, and your imperfections. The only things that matter is doing the things that light you up over and over again and letting the light shine authentically through you salsa dancing and eating cookies there you go follow the trail of things that light you up and lose yourself in the doing before long you will find yourself right in the center of your purpose and the life you are called to live eating a cookie on the salsa salsa dance floor so again there is some inherent privilege uh here yep in that you can just follow what you love to do and your life will be perfect now i don't disagree with that and that on on some level we can all incorporate what we love into our life on some even minuscule level. Right. But I th- I think I'm going to take a guess at what you're bumping on here because she doesn't say it explicitly, but she implies it. It's just that simple, you which is it. your favorite phrase. It's like, just follow your bliss and everything will happen. And it's like, well, if you've got four kids or an abusive partner or, or you're dealing with systemic oppression or poverty. Or you live you in a community be, that has zero public transportation. Yeah. You maybe can't follow your bliss. Yeah. Because okay. you're too busy just trying to choose between medication and heat. Okay. Thank you. From the chapter, we choose our parents. Oh. Before entering into this life, we chose our parents based on our own soul growth and the messages we're here to share. I chose my parents extremely well, but like most people out there, I didn't always think so. So she goes into past life regression here and how her soul had three choices for parents and she actually knew one of the other families she didn't choose and she always felt like the extra child they didn't have and they always called her a family member. How, how, what is past life trans? Regression. Past life transgression (laughs) is when somebody from a past life 
pisses you off. There is beef. <laughs> there is beef. How does one... On the next it, weekly beef, how, a transgression. Because this is the... I think I've heard this come up two or three times in the last couple months, and I just... I've never heard of so it. So I might assign you a book for the new year. Oh. Many Masters, Many Selves, I think it is. It's about past life, past lives, past okay. life theory. But is the idea that through some sort of process you can uncover like memories from a past life is that the idea yeah okay and that a lot of like your phobias today exist from past lives oh i do do you think the anxiety i experienced while driving came from like a horse and buggy incident or from the 1700s no it could be that you got in a car crash and died Ah, that is not helping my anxiety. (laughs) Well, it didn't happen to you. It happened to a previous life. Which was me. No, it wasn't you. It was somebody else. But it was your soul. That's what I'm saying. I, this is, get, we're getting meta. But a lot of people are like, well, I'm always afraid of being kidnapped. And that, and then when I went to a past life regression therapist, I learned that in my previous life I was kidnapped. And I'm like, well, being kidnapped is kind of like a thing that gets drummed into you when you're a kid. It Don't does. talk to strangers and you hear about somebody and it's always missing children. And so, like, that's yeah. a very common fear. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Also, there are 8 billion people on the planet just about. And they're mm-hmm. never – okay. You get what I'm saying. I do. Okay. From the chapter, <laughs> come so home tame. to yourself. I know. I really just accepted that this is how some people think. You – I can't fight it. You, 40 episodes ago – would have been very, yeah, very triggered. I mean, who am I to tell these people that they're flat out wrong? Okay, so this, what a journey, everybody. For the longtime loyal listeners who have been with us, Lisa's going to sip her liqueur. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, here it goes. Nope. It sounds like snoring today. Anyway, that was a, that was a smug sip. We're here for it. Mm-hmm. This is, Wow. So this is this is what self help can do, and it when you incorporate, you just don't get triggered anymore. I think I've just been deluged by so just much self help. I can't, <laughs> I can't anymore because <laughs> I wish you could see Lisa's face. <laughs> who am I? First of all, who am I to tell her that past life regression isn't real? Yeah, we'll because have space for I'll all never these know. I'll never know, yeah. and neither will she. No yeah. one can prove it. Yeah. Um, and anybody who says they can is false. At one point, maybe we'll Including all me, know if briefly. I were to say it's not real. Yeah, maybe maybe once we die, we'll all know briefly, and we'll be like, until we oh, go, this person was right until we're birthed again. Yeah, um, but here, <laughs> also, like I just, I just, I let's just, just present the book. Here we go. Come home to yourself. This might be hello me the part of the book that I actually enjoy and employ, which is our new tag phrase: enjoy and employ. Thank you. She says, if you've been spending your life searching for your true home, know that it has been inside you all along. And she gives an affirmation. I am home. And this really resonated with me. And I found this from some other, um, I think it was through some body positivity of just kind of like, we have to learn that our body is our home and that we are always, we are all, we always belong where we are. I love that thought so much. That is such a powerful thought. I always belong right here inside of myself. Yeah. I'm safe within myself. Yeah. That's really wonderful. And I think think that that's kind of how white men walk through the world. Oh, nice. They seem very comfortable. Well, the world is made for them. Right. So to be a non-white, educated male, able-bodied, you know, male— 
you don't feel that way. Right. So to do that for yourself is kind of an act of resistance to just create the space for yourself where you are allowed to exist. It is. And it sounds like it takes inner work <laughs> a lot. and it's the mental loads on you. But if you're able to do that, then you great. always are safe. You can take up space and you're that fine. That is really powerful. I love that. Okay. Part three, work your light. So this section seems like it wants to be about what to do now that you know yourself and your light, but it's still about finding your light and helping you figure out what your soul's purpose is. Mm -hmm. Um, She says, like, it's never too late. You're never too old. Start by tiny steps. Jump on in. Answering your soul is like a lifetime conversation. Mm -hmm. She says the best way she's found to connect with the voice of the soul is regular meditation. Um, Mm -hmm. From the chapter, everyone's got a secret dream. Not many have a public one. She says, there is insurmountable power in stating the biggest, brightest, most daring desires of our soul out loud. It tells the universe that we are ready and gives people the gift of helping us make it happen. I just have a quick question here to the universe is, if I am truly connected and if I am truly one with the universe, how do you not know what my innermost desires are? That's a great logical point. I think the the value of saying them out loud is that it validates them for yourself mm. and allow allows you to start taking tiny steps. I, I, I'm trying to put myself in someone's shoes who has these views. So this may be wrong. This is just my interpretation. When you start saying it out loud and taking steps towards it, that's your signal that you're ready, I guess. So if, if it's like, okay, mm-hmm. there's a parent who's got – a small child, and they know the small child has a a big desire to learn to ride a bike, but they can see there's a lot of fear there. The second the child starts going towards the bike and starting to sit on the bike and talking about the bike, then they're like, okay, you're ready. We're going to go out in the driveway and try this. That would be, I guess, a metaphor that somebody might say, okay, well, you're showing me you're ready. I've always known it's what you want to do. But I'm not going to give you something until you're ready. So here's my problem is that, like, if I am enough and I am I am my home and I am, you know, I am enough, yeah. why do I need my parent or the universe to provide for me? Yeah, like, why, why aren't we all just doing our calling all the time and that's it? Like, why the struggle? It's tough. It's a great question. Um, okay, from the chapter Treasure. Someone your, write in. Thank someone you. write in. Go help yourself. Podcast universe, would you please slide into our DMs? I really hope there's a listener listening named Universe. Thank you. So that, you know what? It's funny. Online lately, I've seen a lot of names of win and just and love. Like, these are people, people are being named this and these are. 30 to 40 year olds that I'm seeing. Um, wow. Yeah. But anyway, my point is universe, if you're listening, we're go help yourself podcast at gmail.com. From the chapter, Your Treasure Chest of Gifts. She says, in order it's about a sea cup. Thank you. In order to light up the world, we first need to acknowledge how much of a unique gift we are to it. It doesn't matter who you are, you have more gifts than our minutes in the day. It is the wonderful mishmash of these gifts that makes you you thank you this may seem overwhelming and a bit uncomfortable but it is true i can make all sorts of cookies thank you as you recognize your gifts people around you begin to notice them too they do they like the cookies and all of a sudden you start attracting opportunities Mm -hmm. would you make me cookies that's right don't make friends with salad which bring bring these gifts to life 
Don't mm. squeeze your amazingness into a square box. Take all the space you need and spill over the sides. Which means I'll put cookies all over my boss's desk, not in a square box. Thank you. From the chapter, what's the worst that could happen? Really? Honestly, death. So she talks about how whenever she works with clients, because of course she does coaching. Yes, um, for that affirmational experience of enlightenment sayings. From uh, She says, when asked, what's the worst case scenario? Her client's response is generally, it won't work out and I will have to go back to this career. She says, in other words, if for some reason their best possible outcome doesn't work out, it's the status quo. The worst possible outcome would involve them being in the situation they're in right now. Mm-hmm. They're so scared of the fear of the worst case scenario that they don't realize that they're actually already in it. I would push back on that. Mm-hmm. In my experience, if you follow a fear, it almost always leads to, I will die alone. I will be abandoned and I'll die alone. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I'll end up in a flop house uh, in Duluth, a la Danby Dan Harris. Yeah, right? Like, I'll stay in this career. Where And I, I'm very unhappy and I won't, like, people won't value me or I'll be so upset that I'll get depressed and yeah. then I'll die alone. Like, it always goes back to dying alone. She You're says, welcome. Go help yourself. Thank you. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. She says, life bends for the courageous. The universe wants to support you. Take a deep breath and leap. And I, again, this is assuming that all people are treated equal and have equal opportunity. Yes. And I'm pretty sure if you go on Reddit— and you type in, like, what's the biggest risk you've taken that didn't pan out well? You will find a lot of, like, I sold my dream house to buy into Bitcoin. Fitbit, and then it plummeted. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, First I, of all, I want to applaud you for going on to Reddit because that is a very risky move. Going on Reddit? Yeah. People Why? are mean on Reddit. Oh, sure. They can be very mean. But also, a lot of people just bear their souls because it's an anonymous account. So it's like, a lot of people are like, I quit my job and moved to Europe, and then I had to move back in with my parents. Yes. From the chapter, show up and shine. (laughs) I said, look, the secret works here. She says, as I typed the last, and this is at the bottom of the chapter, as I typed the last sentences of the above paragraph, my phone rang. I almost didn't answer it because I was so enjoying writing and the words were flowing down through me. When I picked up the phone, I was absolutely speechless to discover Michelle from freaking Hay House on the other end of the phone, offering me a book deal, Holy Sweet Jesus and Mary Magdalene. Which is Louise Hay's publishing company from You Can Heal Your Life. So she's always wanted to be a publisher, a published author through Hay House. And look. Someone just called her. Yeah. What? Part four. Hey. Hey, house. What's up? Hey, hey. Hey, 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 You've heard it. You've heard the choose your own adventure pitch that we never take us. Part four, living in the light. This section is about like day to day living as a light worker. Wear sunscreen. Thank you. Step number one. Thank you. Step number two, sunglasses. Step number three, big straw hat. Uh, different types of meditation that she briefly describes, which are all kind of similar. Um, there are some resources on her website, different exercises to do for your energy, cool. treating social media as sacred, making an altar, support teams, etc. Teach, I'm sorry, treating social media as sacred? Yeah, like what you put out into the world. Oh, okay. Not as a light like, worker. Not like a hashtag Yas Queen no, is my, okay. No. But this story did make me laugh. Okay. <laughs> she says, ever since the day I pulled that first Hay House book off of the shelf, Louise Hay became my Oprah, Madonna, Beyonce, Stevie Nicks, and Tina Turner all rolled into one. Mm. It was the autumn of, I just love how Oprah's lo- lumped in with all these like 
rock stars. Oprah is a rock star. Thank you. It was autumn of 2009, and I was at a Hay House event in London with my friend Julie Ann Gledhill. That is a humble brag. Who had flown in from Singapore. I'm sorry, that is just a brag. Reed Tracy, the CEO of Hay House, and Cheryl Richardson were speaking with surprise guest Louise Hay. Oh. <laughs> Each time she became free, I held back and let someone else go ahead. It was as if my soul and spirit were pushing me, but my body and ego were resisting. The moment the final person started walking away, I took a deep breath and started walking towards Louise. But oh my gosh. unable to control my energy, literally bowled her over. Oh my God. Regaining her balance, Louise then looked me right in the eye and said, Girl, don't attack people with your energy. That is, this is amazing. I was mortified. My life was definitely over. <laughs> She took a leap. It didn't work out. And Louise fucking Hay said, girl, don't attack people with your energy. That is amazing. Can I tell Can I tell you what's coming to mind for me? Yes. So, Which at, I want to say Louise was probably like in her late 60s, early 70s at the time. Right. At my best friend Corey's wedding, yes. her grandmother, Irma, was there. Okay. And I'd heard about Irma growing up oh. my whole... You know how I feel about grandmas. I know. What I just doing? revere them. No, I Irma was out, and I knew she wasn't going to be out for the entirety of the wedding because she's older. I think she's in her 90s. Okay. Um, she's amazing. And I saw her, and I got so starstruck. It was this. I was watching everyone else go up to her, and I was like, what could I possibly say that would even like do it justice? Because I love Corey so much, and her mom, Martha, is like, a second mom to me and I love Martha so much and I just wanted to go up to Irma and be like Irma you did such a good job with these women you're a rock star and I just got way too shy and by the time I like worked up the courage she went back to her room and I never did it and that was my soul being like go connect with Irma and I didn't wow Wow. so I just I have to express regret you were a dark worker Oh, okay. please. From the chapter, non-negotiable spiritual practice. She says, you cannot hear the callings of your soul if you don't carve time out to listen to them with daily non-negotiable spiritual practice. Okay. Her basic practice takes no more than 20 minutes a day and consists <sighs> of three things. a long time. Isn't that a long time? One, light sourcing. Two, prayer. Three, chanting, dance, or walking in nature. Okay. I got, I got the last bit down. From the chapter, create a vibration board. No. She That's says, delete, unsubscribe. I've had success with vision boards, but there were always some things that I could never quite become a vibrational match for. Like cutting out magazine ads. Then I had an idea to combine the following things together. The things we're calling in, what we want. The things we've already called in, what we've already uh, received. Attracted. The things that light us up, what we love. When we bring our future wants into alignment with what currently is, our brain cannot distinguish between the two, and it's so much easier to become a vibrational match, thus helping us attract it more quickly. I call it a vibration board. It's a vision board plus a feel-good board. Okay. I'm going to dig for the gem here and say gratitude about what's already going right in your life. That's nice. Do you think your brain can't distinguish between what you have and what you don't? I don't know because uh, I will say my brain sure as shit can. I don't have my 2019 Honda CRV EXL hybrid yet. But do you have it on a, vi- on a vibration board with something that you do have? I don't, but let me tell you what I do get into every day is my 2010 Toyota Corolla. That's what's happening. Well, maybe you should make a vibration board. Lisa? Okay. How dare you? I'm going to give you uh, you her instructions on how to make an altar. (laughs) 
<laughs> Lisa just goes on how to make an altar, and then she slow blinked at me. And I wanted to see your reaction. <laughs> Creating an altar in your home is a really effective tool for anchoring your spiritual energies into the physical. Pause. Yes. If we go back to the episode of how to be Parisian, you just take the contents of your junk drawer and you put it out on the counter, and that's your altar. You're not far. Start by choosing a place for your altar. If you live with others and it's hard to find personal space, you can make yours a portable one and consisting of just a candle and a special object, such as a crystal, which you keep on your bedside table. Oh, I like that. Size have, doesn't matter. I, intention does. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I have a crystal that I keep next to a candle already. Do you use it as an altar? I use it as, um, uh, well, this can't hurt. <laughs> do you know it's like we can be practical patty all day long but sometimes i'm like couldn't hurt to sage the house you and just, i did it you use it as woo not a woo woo and not even a woo woo wanda it's you're like just a, a woo. woo woo not even not two woos just a woo just a this woo. can't hurt as a woo uh <laughs> choose sacred items that make you feel connected and full of light consider mm-hmm. what you want to call in you might have a candle a picture of a god goddess or guru that means something to you incense fresh flowers a lucky charm angel cards artwork magazine clippings feathers a champagne cork a picture of a loved one there are no rules just choose whatever makes your soul mm-hmm. feel good flowers do feel sacred to me your altar is a place where you can go to pray meditate ask for support and set your intentions for the day so you're not using yours as that I'm just going to bust you right No, here. mostly I wake up and go, let's be really busy so we don't have to think about anything. You might want to light a candle and say a prayer such as, please use me after sourcing. The altar is an energetic portal for you to communicate with the universe, so it's important to maintain it and keep it fresh. You may feel guided to replace things now and then or even pick a flower each week to keep the energy clear and sacred. Don't overthink mm-hmm. it. Just go with what feels good. Okay. I like that. Part five, be the light. This doesn't sound like it's crazy homework heavy. Well, listen, I have really parsed it down. Okay. Okay, but it's not It's not like your picking. money or your life. Like, go through and keep track of every cent you've ever made in no, your entire— Okay. No. This section is about branding? Question mark? Like, she has you choose a theme song and make a Pinterest board with your brand and write your own tagline. I'm I'm sorry. But then she uh, wants your vibrations to do all your marketing. Song, like, do you do one like the one Sav so kindly wrote for us? I didn't do this. Listen, for anyone who wants a theme song, I highly Please recommend Sav. Sav. You can go to fairfax-village.com or you can write to go help yourself podcast at gmail.com and we'll put you in touch. And yeah. you can have your very own theme song. Think about it. Sav, does Fairfax Village Studios have an email? Yeah, it's Matt at um, Fairfax Village. Yeah, so I, yeah, it's, in case you didn't hear Sav, it's Matt, M-A-T-T, at At fairfax-village.com. I mean, would you write people theme songs for money? Yeah, for sure. Okay, well. He said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you could just play it yourself all day long. Yeah. Okay, here we go. From it's, the chapter, Embrace the Your Weird. That keeps on Thank you. She says, Embrace your weird, get naked, release your inner oddball, let your crazy out. At work. When you do, three amazing things happen. <laughs> One, the people in your life who don't really love you for you will drop away. Yeah, this they might will. feel like a loss, but it's really a win. Two, you will feel a hell of a lot more fantastic and free. Three, and, oh, and you will be on your way to serving the world by being Y-O-U. So one time I was sitting in traffic and it was on um, Sunset and Crescent Heights. I know exactly where that is. Yes, thank you. It is a very public intersection, very filled no, with people. Misty, what are you doing? And I want you to know that as I was sitting there, I looked to my right 
And there was a man walking with purpose. He was in khakis and a sweater vest. And all of a sudden, he stopped. He unbuttoned his pants. He stripped down butt naked. But naked. I watched him walk onto a bus that was letting passengers on. He turned around, bent over in front of the bus driver, got off the bus, and continued walking. So this this feels like what she's saying to me. Get naked. Be weird. All the people who don't embrace you will fall away. And also, PCP is a hell of a drug. She says, you will clear the space for your people to find you. Oh, Everyone was finding him. <laughs> the kinds of people who are actually looking for the exact thing, the exact thing that you already are. Yeah, and the sweater vest was just a really hard setup because the turn. I mean, it was just it was very effective. I once saw a man <laughs> as I was driving down the street on the phone with my best friend drop his pants, squat, and take a shit, and I screamed. <laughs> so loud <laughs> that my that Sarah thought I had gotten in an accident. How old were you? This was a, this is since I moved to LA. Wow. wow. And I was just like ah! <laughs> She was like, "What happened? What happened?" <laughs> and I was like, "There was a man who took a shit yeah. on the sidewalk." Yeah, I was I and was leaving I work the other day in Van Nuys and a dude was peeing in the most frantic way I've ever seen a man pee in public. <laughs> I just passed him. Frantic. It was like <laughs> Oh, he was wiggling it all around. Well, all, okay, and the last thing I'll say, if you haven't heard a previous Minnesota of Lisa's, um one time she also saw a woman just very bored, blasé, uh holding a leash. Just like she was walking with a dog. And on the other end was a man with a gag in his mouth, (laughs) naked. Did you all know that my mom immediately texted me and was like, why did you never tell me this story? And I was was like, like, outside of a CVS or something. It was Walgreens. I was like, why would I? Why would I tell you? And she was like, you have to tell me these things. I was like, I would never tell you this. Okay, you guys. The point is, you be you. Yes. Capital Y. She says in the chapter, be a yes. Be a yes. Mm. Be a yes. A full-blown, 100%, hands down, hell yeah, we're doing this, no matter what kind of yes. 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 The universe does not dabble in maybe or kind of or yeah, but it's either an unwavering 100% or not at all. When we hold an intention, every single thing in the universe either resonates or dissonates. That's not a word Ooh, with that. this is a dichotomy, which I don't love. Yes. <laughs> if something resonates, it's 100% yes, and it's going to come straight at you like a magnet or a seagull at after your chips at the beach. Okay, that's real. I once had to run into a bathroom because this flock of seagulls was so aggressive with my sandwich. If it's not quite 100%, the manifestation is not going to be quite 100%. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's math. Every second of every day, you are vibrating your yes, no, and maybe thoughts and actions. The clearer you can get on what makes you say, hell yeah, and what, what makes you say, hell no, the more yeses will come flying straight for you, landing right in your lap. That's just STEM. And the seagulls may land in your lap, too. Well, because the seagulls may go, that's a hell yes on the potato chips. We're going for it. It's just that everything is so vague, right? Like, if I'm a woman working three jobs yeah. um, and I have two kids, if somebody gives me an opportunity to invest, yeah, nothing is a hell yes. Yeah, or if someone's like, hey, here's a free vacation to Europe, but you can't get childcare. Like, you can't go, yes. It doesn't work. No. Um, this is the last thing I'll say. It's from mm. the chapter one thing. One thing. If you could take only one thing from this book, this is what I would choose it to be. Your soul, <laughs> your soul is always calling you in the direction of your wholeness, flow, dreams, and purpose, and everything else. But you have mm. to show up to it to hear it. Non-negotiable daily spiritual practice is the only way that I have found to do this. Show up to the callings of your soul and the universe will open its arms to support you. In short, meditate every day and wait for the magic to happen. 
Cool, cool, cool. So I would also say I'll offer an alternative view. (laughs) Do what you can. There is so much value with getting in touch with how you're feeling and if your boundaries are being crossed or within your means if you're living a life with values that you appreciate. But it does not have to be every single day non-negotiable. Meditating twice a week or having a quiet moment over a cup of tea, right? That works. I'm going to say something. Is it wrong if you don't spend your life trying to find your soul's purpose? No. What if you're happy? What? I guess this is this, this, there's this assumption that we all have to live this mindful, complete life. Yeah. And, you know, every human being on this planet deserves respect no matter their course of their life, no matter their their job is, shape, size, employment, lack of employment, religion, ability, physical appearance, whether they're incarcerated or not or have been incarcerated. And they don't have to do anything in order to deserve respect and uh, justice and equal treatment and space and the ability to take up space. A hundred percent. So this, I guess, I guess that's another thing I'm discovering about my problem with self-help is that it's this and it is very, it's a North American invention of this. Like, you must constantly be trying to make yourself better. It's maximizing. Yeah. How can we maximize our life experience, the enjoyment of every day, et cetera, et cetera? So, with this being our last book of the year, I would like to invoke our first book of the year, mm-hmm. which was The, the Subtle, Subtle Art, Art of, of Not, not giving, giving a, a Fuck by Mark Manson, who says, the second you realize you're not special, is basically the second your life will actually feel great. You can liberate. You can be liberated from that. And this feels like, oh, no, we're all wildly special. We have to discover that purpose in order to have true fulfillment and meaning and maximize enjoyment out of life. It's also very, she wrote from her perspective, which was, this was my course, and so therefore I know everybody else feels it too. Right. Which is fine. Right. But it isn't inclusive and it makes me sad. Okay. So here's the first question. My favorite question. That we've learned. That we've added in the last like five episodes. Did this book need to be written? Yes. Oh, what? Wow. Here's why. I think this is a nice, um, non-super secrety way for people to feel a a response to the feel the feeling that something's lacking. Okay. Without being like it's your fault because you weren't okay. thinking the right things. Okay, so she doesn't say that. No. She's just like embrace what's authentically you and you'll yeah. get on the right. So path. that's why she's like new age but secret adjacent. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So she doesn't say it's your fault that where you are and you feel unfulfilled. She just says start from where you are. And, you know, you can find fulfillment. So it's more empowering. It's less blaming. Really? It is. Okay. Okay. I mean, she does say you choose your parents, but it's never in like, um, and get over it. It's yeah. just kind of like these things happen for you. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's, a, it's, 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 it's secret light. Yeah. I would choose my family over 
and over and I over. I mean, I, that's the only experience we know. Yeah. It's our hermeneutical lens. Well, also, like, my dad was just so awesome. So the thought of getting to choose him again when he's no longer around, you know what I mean? Also, like, oh, it's that's a exciting. privileged position to say, I would choose it again. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right. Because there, I know. Because there's a lot of people who, who might like, say, Never again. Yeah. I grew up in a very abusive family. Yes, exactly. And who knows where they are in their journey. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what did Rebecca Campbell get right? I feel like what she got right was, you know, we love a book with small, tiny chapters. So you can read like a page or two right before bed. (laughs) Um, So you can tackle it at your own pace. I feel like she's very supportive and encouraging. Okay. So if you're somebody who's feeling lost and like unsupported in your life, Mm -hmm. this is a book that isn't going to let you down. Okay. What did she get wrong? She sounds real vague to me. It's very vague. It's very vague. If you are feeling lost, I don't think you're going to get a lot of clarity in this book. Okay. I mean, basically, she could have just said meditate and and open up to your soul. Um, Yeah. But— Get to know yourself. My feeling is if you don't know what your soul is saying, I don't know that you would know at the end of this book. But I think you would have, like, at least a path to try. So this is more the pep talk. If you do know what your soul is saying, this is the pep talk that you should go out there and try it. I kind of want you to read her second book, Rise, Sister, Rise, which is— very woo-woo. You read it? It's way more woo-woo than this. I'm good. We might assign some people some some books to Maybe each other. Maybe we'll do a month of book roulette. Oh, yes. Do you love it? I'm gonna. Oh. We have big plans for 2020. Is, we listen. If you thought year one was crazy and wild and You're out of control, off the team. Okay, that wasn't even an air horn. Any that more was questions sad. for me? Yes. Did you try anything from this book? Yeah, I, I enjoy and employ uh, that <laughs> I am home. I am home. I don't always feel I, that way, but I, I really love that. Try that. I think that's my favorite part of what you said today. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any homework for me? Yeah, maybe expand your altar a little bit, or see if it can have a dedicated spot. Okay. Okay, I will. And so so I just have to look at it with intentionality. Yeah. Or like maybe instead of just having a candle and a crystal because like maybe it'll work. <laughs> um, like Can't hurt. Can't hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is a special object that you would like to place there with it? Okay. What is this? Uh, who Who is this book perfect for? This book is perfect for somebody who's interested in dabbling into the New Age movement. Okay. Um, and feeling lost okay. and feeling like, what is my goal? What is my purpose in life? But this and, won't help them discover their purpose. It'll just get them no, excited get them started on the journey. Yeah. Who's this book terrible for? Oh, anybody who's like super not into the secret or like, and like is me. very, yeah. Or just like anybody who needs like defined things because this is very wishy, wishy wash. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not great for you. <laughs> It's not great for me. And uh, for anyone listening, if you're feeling like it's not great for you, I'm with you. I'm with you all. It's okay. It's okay. It's Thanks, very Lisa. big in New Age circles. It's very big. Great. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. really appreciate that. Yeah. Do you feel like you're doing your soul's purpose? I, I don't ask myself that question. No, someone's not in touch with her non-negotiable spiritual practice every day. I mean... I'm just too busy trying to make ends meet. I'm just too amazing, amazing spiritual, lovely, ultra-making, vibration-making, critical thinking, vision <laughs> board hating, bitches. Life, Life is, is abundant! abundant. <laughs>
Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias. Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast. Twitter at G-H-Y podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.